This week's episode of Life Planning 101 originally aired in 2021. Please enjoy. Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Welcome to Life Planning 101. So excited to have you all on the show today. I tell you what, we have a very, very, very special guest. And I'm always fascinated by people that are um, motivated in some way to change the world, so to speak. And I feel like this is a someone that we get to listen to today that was inspired and is now turning that inspiration into inspiring people all across the globe uh, with his one and only book, as I understand it. Um, but yes, we have Mr. Andy Robin, the retirement revolutionist. And and just to give you a little background before he started, you know, on, on life planning, we talk a lot about what we call squaring off the curve, meaning it's not a matter of when you're going to pass. It's a matter of having that quality of life as long as you can and not just slowly fading into the oblivion. And when I read what you talk about, Andy, I was just blown away because I was like, there's so many parallels to what you're talking about that we're coaching on each and every day. And I always think about people before they retire and they're always talking about, well, I'm never going to be over that hill, so to speak, because I'm too dang tired to climb it. (laughs) And once they they get over that hill, then they're so exhausted that they found themselves kind of lacking and and not knowing. And so we're always talking about having something to retire to. And that's just as important as just being worn out and ready to retire. So really excited to have you on the show. I was reading a little bit of your background and I understand, you know, you're very successful in your own accord. Uh, You've got an MBA from Harvard and uh, you were a CEO that helped a successful startup company, a VP of marketing for a company that had over $600 million and served on a a board of a New York, uh, New York stock exchange hedge fund company, which by the way, I mean, you could be on the show for multiple reasons, I think for that reason, but then, you know, you have a, a first and only grandchild, which you don't really have on your, your resume. Um, and the important things are being the avid traveler. You are the gourmet cook, the wine collector over 2000 bottles. Really? Yep. That's a lot of wine. Yeah. I love wine. I think we would get along really well if we just talked about traveling, cooking and wine. So that's good um, to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Piano performer, um, you know, and serving on boards of a large foundation that supports a lot of nonprofits, charities. That's just wonderful. And I I love the variety here because um, after reading a little bit about your book, that seems very par to what you're going to be talking about today. So you wrote this book. Go ahead. Tell our listeners. What is it? Okay. Well, thanks for including me here, Angela. When I left my long career, I didn't have any plans for myself because I had become a house dad when our kids were 13 and 15. And so after the youngest went to college, I didn't have any plans. And it took me four and a half years to assemble what I thought was a great life and still do. So I decided as part of my meaningful tapa, I'll cover tapas in a sec, I decided to write a book to see if I could help others with a step-by-step process that might get them there in six months instead of four and a half years. 
and uh, lead them on to, as you say, a, a life after their long career with excellent quality of life. So I wrote this book. It's called Tapas Life. If you're familiar with the food of Spain, instead of having a big main course of the side dish or two, you instead have lots of little dishes. It's same as mezes in the Middle East. I mean, it's different in different countries. The idea is you order a few little dishes and maybe some wine or beer and you sit and eat a bit. And if you want some more of one you like, you order some more of it. If you didn't like one, you set it aside and order something else. And eventually the little dishes cover the table. Tapa literally means cover. And so you cover the table with the little dishes. And that's what the tapas life is about. Instead of having this life of decades of hard work for many hours a week, and perhaps raising a family in parallel, you now get to have lots of little dishes and have more variety in your life and get to pursue some of the many things that you may find to be interesting, engaging, enjoyable, and rewarding that you maybe just didn't ever have any time for. That's the point of the book. Yeah, leave it to a foodie and a travel net, right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's wonderful. You know, I think I think so many of us have to find this dang purpose. I and I, I share a short story. My son, we do a devotion every morning um, at breakfast, and we're doing this. It's a, a Rick Warren, which I thought was cute because we talk about living life on purpose. So it was a Rick Warren devotional book, and one of the questions was, you know, what is our purpose? Is it to be something? Is it to you know be a be a firefighter, be a whatever, be a whatever? And he goes, Oh, mom. And by the way, he's nine. This is so easy. I was like, oh, it's so easy, huh? And he says, yeah. He says, we're just here to love. We're just here to love. Nice. If everyone were in that frame of mind, the world would be a much finer place. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I love hearing you talk about, you know, these little things, because I think, you know, our life is made up of of little things that are so important to be able to, you know, take on and, and do rather than focusing on one, some big thing that has to happen that really becomes insurmountable and almost a disappointing thing for most people in life. Some people are in a mindset after their long career of what's my next act? What's my next big thing I'm going to do? And that's okay. And some people find that and are great at it and have had it in mind for many years. But for many others, there's an opportunity to get off that track, open your eyes up from the scotoma of tunnel vision and take a look around, mm -hmm. poke your head up out of the foxhole and notice that the world is a rich and fascinating place with much opportunity. As I always told the kids growing up, there are many lives to be lived. You just have to pick one and ideate it and then go pursue it. And if you don't like that one, you can just put it aside, right? Start again. And, and that's the great thing about the tapas life is since it's a lot of little dishes or a few little dishes, then if you find that you've exhausted one, you set it aside. Or if you decide you tried one and it turned out not to be what you thought it would be, you set it aside, but you mine it for learning. You say, oh, here's what I liked about it, but here's what I didn't like about it. And that informs your choice of the next topic to pursue. Love that. Well, Mr. Robin, it is such a pleasure having you on the show today. We're going to take a quick break on Life Planning 101. When we come back, you're not going to want to miss. He's also going to inform us how to keep your business brain alive, applying it for meaningful work in those retirement years, and then choose health. 
delaying the day when your loved ones become your caregivers. Oh man, if that isn't a goal in itself, I don't know what is. So you're not going to want to miss more from Andy Robbins when we come back on Life Planning 101. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services here in the great tiny town of Eastland, Texas, or big city, I guess, depending on your relevant picture. But we are so excited to have a guest, Mr. Andy Robin, on the phone with us who wrote an excellent book, which I would recommend everybody read if you're approaching retirement already in retirement. It's about living your life to the fullest and how to do it. It's an applicable book more than just um, so many books. I think they just give you this, oh, that would be nice if, but there's no application. And you've done a great job with the application piece. And if you missed the first segment of the show with Mr. Robin, I highly recommend to go back and visit it. But we have two more things to touch on uh, that are extremely important today. And the first of which is keeping your business brain alive, which I know, you know, for a lot of people, I think that is a fear, you know, is that you start to fade away or that you won't have the mental capacity if you're not using your brain every single day. So what was your intention behind writing that Andy? And, and what are your thoughts there? Well, when I left my long career with no plan in place, one of the things that I entertained doing was maybe getting a half-time job. And so I was a little bored with semiconductors technology, but solar technology is somewhat related. And I like the environment because we live here, we got to live here somehow, and our grandkids do too. And so I decided I'd look for a half-time job in solar. And eventually I lined one up on a try-buy so it was like, let's do this for a few months and see if we like each other. And it was really interesting. I enjoyed the work. And I also found some things I didn't like. I found that being a consultant and being expected to put together pretty slides and executive summaries was not for me. I was used to being a senior executive and just sitting with a CEO or another VP and saying, all right, well, I did some research and here's what I found. Uh, so I didn't like that part of it. And I found that halftime work was super intrusive on my post-long career life. <laughs> I was like, not going to do that again. But it turns out there are many ways that you can keep your business brain alive. If you think about it, you've spent decades generating expertise, growing your expertise and knowledge. And you can set that aside and never use it again, or you can apply it. So you can apply that doing more part-time work. So I know some financial executives who, you know, now do one or two days a week working with one startup or another as a CFO or as a, a VP of administration part-time. I know some people who do advising. So they find smaller companies who need somebody who the management team can sit with and get the advice that comes from decades of experience but without having to pay up big time for it. Right. Maybe something more modest or maybe a little bit of stock that becomes valuable or never does. I found that people also have used their business brain in other ways. They have gone back and mentored mm -hmm. younger folks who used to work for them. It's beautiful work to do mentoring. 
Or also, I've had the opportunity because I was always friends with our kids' friends. I've been approached by friends of our kids to sometimes, hey, Andy, would you sit with me? Can we have lunch? And can I talk about something and get your two bits? And so I do that. And since I'm a life coach and a sometimes executive coach, because I trained for 300 hours to do that and have been doing that for 10 years, then I find when I get asked to help with something like that, I'm equipped with the tools to do it well. But even if you're not, you've got a bunch of stuff in your head and you know a bunch of stuff about people that younger folks haven't really ingrained in themselves yet. And so you can be helpful that way. You can also apply your business brain in a volunteer capacity. So this is a twofer tapa. You get to keep your business brain alive and you also get to do something meaningful, right? So go find a nonprofit and be an advisor to them, get on a board, although know that nonprofits are different. (laughs) Yes, that is very true. Some operate a little bit more like businesses uh, and some don't. But if they're doing noble work, and especially if it's local and you can see the results of your work, it can feel very good. So you mentioned I'm on the board of a foundation. It happens to be one that has, you know, all experienced business people and attorneys as the board, and it's a small board, and it gives, you know, five and a half million dollars to local, mostly hunger and homelessness charities. And it's super rewarding. And my business brain is very useful for it. So there's different ways that you can apply yourself. And it's good because, as you say, when you keep your brain active, that's part of remaining healthy. And that's not the only way to keep your brain active. I mean, it's not just a business brain you've got up there inside that skull, right? And so if you like to travel and you like someplace in particular, learn their language or If you always wanted to learn an instrument or if you played an instrument as a kid and want to go back to it, now's your chance. Guess what? I play piano about an hour and a half to two hours a day, classical piano. That's awesome. My teacher, I have lessons weekly. She assigns me more and more difficult stuff every time. I can assure you it is keeping both my brain alive (laughs) and also muscle coordination. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's interesting just hearing you talk about, you know, all of these things. And I think it's, we, we are human beings and it is important that we remember that we are beings, we're living organisms and we're working towards something and we were made to do things, not to, not to just survive. And uh, I think it's when people get in that survival mode that they start having a lot of problems all across the board. So just hearing the variety you know, so much you can do. And I think it's wonderful that you have taken an interest in this new revolutionizing retirement and helping people see that it doesn't have to be one thing. It doesn't have to be nothing. It can be a lot of little things and trying to figure that out. It doesn't have to be perfect because there is no perfection in retirement. That's what retirement's all about. So that's exciting. Exactly. Well, Andy, when we come back on Life Planning 101, I sure am excited. We've got just a few minutes left, but this is going to be my favorite part. I know it. Choosing health. Choosing. I love that word. Choosing health because we all want to be healthy. What does that actually mean? Getting to choose your health. You're not going to want to miss it when we come back on Life Planning 101. 
All right, welcome back to Life Planning 101. It is our final segment with Mr. Andy Robin. So excited to have you with us today. Uh, This is quite the blessing. Uh, You wrote this incredible book that is revolutionizing retirement, uh, helping people live life on purpose. That's what we talk about all the time. So love it. And if you've missed the first two segments of the show, be sure to visit us online, www.kennedy-financial.com, or you can Google our podcast, Life Planning 101, on almost anything, but find it. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, This was great information. And we are going to end with the best part. We're going to talk about choosing health which everybody wants to be healthy because without your health, life is hard. And uh, I think most of us have been there a time or two in our lives to be able to say that uh, health does matter. And so, and if you haven't been there yet, just wait, (laughs) someone, you know, or yourself may go through that. So this is important. So how do you choose your health, Andy? Well, imagine two lines. One is a straight line going across the horizon. And that's you living your next 25 or 30 years after your long career, because it's not just a few golden years and you pass away. It's decades given our life expectancies now. So imagine that line goes all the way across. That's your great health and happiness and quality of life. And then at the end, you finally fall apart and die. Or imagine another line that's just a gradual decay curve that goes into the tank. And that's where your quality of life diminishes, 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 not much left, more and more caregiving by others, more and more medical expense. So is this a, you choose which line? And you choose. (laughs) It is a choice. Now, if you're born with unfortunate genetics, that's unfortunate. If everybody in your family dies at 60 of stroke, that's unfortunate. But if that's not the case, then you get to choose and you choose by doing really three things. You choose by doing some exercise, by eating healthy, and by paying attention to how you're being as a human being, not just to what you're doing. And the first exercise, you know, you don't have to train for the Olympics. This isn't a four hour a day regimen. This is, you do a little bit of exercise. You walk some. If you've got a gym, go do something on the machines at the gym, not to make yourself strong. You don't have to load stuff up to 400 pounds. Do five pounds. What it is, is is to keep your muscles connected to your brain so that when you're 85 and you trip a little bit, you don't go down like a ton of bricks, break your hip, get pneumonia and die. Instead, you catch yourself like a 20-year-old and you keep going. So you do a little bit of exercise, super important. It's also important because it helps keep your brain alive. Eating. Don't eat so damn much. <laughs> you know? That's coming from a foodie. So from that's a foodie. <laughs> when you go to a restaurant in the U.S., it's obscene the amount of food they serve you. So my wife and I, when we do go out to eat, because often I cook, we order one entree and two appetizers. We split the entree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just order two appetizers each. If you're going to order two entrees, then eat half and take half home and eat it the next day as leftovers. But don't eat so darn much. Eat a little slower and notice when you're starting to feel full and stop eating. Put it in a doggy bag and take it home. And maybe have a look at the book, The Zone Diet. It's not about dieting and counting calories and all that stuff. It's about eating good protein, good carbs, and good fats. 
Yeah, don't load yourself up with all stuff that's super high glycemic index and gives you diabetes. Right. So do a little exercise, eat a little healthy. And if you do that, you've got a chance of having a long, healthy life. And if you're going to have a long, healthy life, you can now do what you mostly didn't have time to do since you were so darn busy doing. Now you can focus a little bit on how you are being. You can pay more attention to how you're showing up in the world. Instead of getting mad at somebody, try to get curious about what it is that they're doing that's making you so angry. Try to find what lights you up. Try to be kinder to others. Go repair broken relationships. Be the big person who steps out in front and says, you know, we used to have a nice relationship and it broke and I'm guilty. Can we fix it? Let's get together. You know, it's so interesting. I was uh, listening this morning on the way into town and they were talking about, I asked the question, are you the same person that you were a year ago? And you're never the same person, right? You're going one direction or the other. You're becoming a better being or a worse being and the choice is yours. And, you know, I think it's so hard sometimes like you talk about relationships and for so many people, that's such a very, very touchy subject and maybe momentous, but the word is baby steps. It's so yeah, powerful. And actually in my book, you know, I have a whole chapter about social connection because you've got to have that for your health. Mm-hmm. I have a chapter about reconnecting with your spouse because after you've had a long career and raised a family, what do we still like about each other? What do we still have in common? What do we like to do together? What do we want our life to be? I have a whole section with, you know, discussion points that you can try with your spouse or partner, figure out where you're going because As Robert Browning said in his poem, Rabbi Ben Ezra, you know, you want to come grow old with me. The best is yet to be the last of life for which the first was made. All right. Well, there's the bonus round. Mr. Andy Robin with Tapas Life, Uh, the author himself. We're excited to have you. Now, uh, real quick, where can people find your book? They can find my book on Amazon and it's both in a paperback or a Kindle download. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, Andy, Robin, thank you so much. Author of Tapas Life. What a blessing you are uh, for all of our listeners. And we just truly, truly appreciate you and wish you the very, very best. And thanks, right Angela. Life Planning 101. Join us next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.